0: Oh, baby, what a catch! Kenny Gallagher, you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! I love the Lions! Say it with me! I love the Lions!
1: kool-aid detroit kool-aid drinkers what is going on It's friday one of these days i'm going to run out of breath when i really try to do that for like three minutes without uh, taking a breath but uh i, I need my breath today because we are you guys are hearing this on friday i mean less than a week away till the nfl draft it starts next thursday is round one friday rounds two and three Saturday, rounds four through seven, it's going to be incredible. Lions have a new regime, a new quarterback, new schemes, new types of players. Cannot wait to see who they select. So I am just excited here on the Friday show that we got Logan Lamorandier from Sports Illustrated back again to talk all things draft with me. Logan, you're back, man. Really appreciate it. How you doing here on a Friday?
0: <laughs> back again and just more draft talk. Man,
1: it's going to be big. Everybody on Wednesday, if you didn't hear that show, we got into scenarios. We talked about kind of put Logan on the spot. He really had to make some tough decisions, make his pick. He kind of went back and forth on a few, which I had to grill him about. But um, we had fun with that. And we kind of talked about all things mock drafts, needs, um, you know, how crazy it's going to get next Thursday where everybody thinks they have not figured out. And then all of a sudden, you know, nothing and these picks are going to be just flying left and right. And hopefully Brad Holmes is working those uh, Trade phones, no doubt about it. But today, me and Logan are talking about our guys. We're going to go position by position and give you guys names to think about, names that we think might fit the lines, maybe just names that we like at the position. We'll go a little bit rapid fire, just give you those names and then expound on a couple. So, Logan, we got lots of positions to talk about, lots of players to hint on to have everybody excited about come draft here in less than a week. So, you ready to get into this?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm ready
1: yes sir let's do that so let's just make it easy let's start the quarterback position we know the lions are pretty much set there with jared goff even though you crack the window open a little bit of them taking a qb if it's the best player i think they just love themselves some jared goff and aren't going to select them but the guys that i highlighted that i really like in this draft class just to name a few uh, i like zach wilson a lot Uh, trey lance you know is my guy kellen mond i think is a you know, depending on where he goes, as a sneaky player, Davis Mills. I've read up on him recently. Kind of like him, a guy that's not getting talked about at all. Sam Ellinger of Texas. I mean, this guy, interesting skill set, but he may go undrafted or towards the back. But hey, I think he may be worth a flyer, either by the Lions or by another team. And then I like uh, Shane Bouchelle as well, and. KJ Costello is a guy that I feel like was highly rated about a year ago and is really fallen down the draft board, almost off the radar. So any of those names you like other guys I miss that you'd really circle for people. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah. So with quarterback, if the lions aren't taking one in the first round. I really don't think they should take one in the later rounds. And remember they only, they don't have a sixth or seventh round pick this year. Maybe they trade and they can acquire some more, but, uh, I, I don't think quarterback, if it's not in the first round, should be a priority. Just because I I liked Davis Mills, he was kind of my late round sleeper, but he no longer sleep seems like a late round sleeper anymore. <laughs> He's as there's been now. projections of him going in second round. high in the second round. Yeah, yeah exactly. crazy. So I'm not taking Davis Mills in the second round. I was fine yeah. with him going later, but if he goes that high, yeah, no thanks. The same with guys like Kyle Trask and Calumon. Uh he would be more of a de- de- developmental type of prospect, but it's again, where these players are likely to go, it's just too rich for my blood and where the lions have so many needs. And you don't often see, yes, there's the Russell Wilson the, and the Dak Prescott's the world, but it's very hard to hit on a quarterback in the mid rounds. And typically it's just a wasted pick. So I'm totally fine with the lions just passing on all the quarterbacks. Uh, And even in the first round, I'm fine with the Lions passing on a quarterback if the right player is there at seven.
1: A.K.A. Logan loves him some Tim Boyle. (laughs) Just an absolute sleeper (laughs) there we have his backup QB. But, I I mean, I totally agree with you. That's not a position of need or a focus, but quarterback is king. You at least got to have some names in case it's crazy value. You never know what can happen or where you're sitting there in the fifth round. You don't love anybody. It might be worth the pick at that point. So, let's go ahead and move to running backs. Some of the guys I highlighted again. You kind of leave some of the top names off, as Logan said, because – you know, we're not set at running back for the Lions, but we have a couple top options as well as who knows what On Johnson we're going to do. But so the names that I kind of threw on mine were uh, Michael Carter of North Carolina, Kenneth Gainwell, like what he can do in the passing game. Trey Sermon, I think, showed himself in college. Uh, Jamar Jefferson. Um, from uh, Oregon State is a guy that's kind of a sleeper pick later. Uh, Stevenson from Oklahoma, big body, man. 5'11", 230, um, could maybe be used as a pounder. Chubba Hubbard, man. Everyone's sleeping on this guy. He's got crazy measurables. Yeah, he's from Canada. They can't hold that against him. Uh, but I, I could see him being a late-round flyer. Somebody even said he's going to be a tremendous back, and they had him in, like, the second or third round, like Lance Zerline or something. So that surprised me. Uh, Kay, Kalen Hill, I believe is how you pronounce it, from Mississippi State. He had some off the field and kind of some some issues there, but he's kind of a dynamic player. I mean, Puka Williams, I put him on my list because his name is Puka Williams. I mean, that's tremendous. Might as well draft him because of that. And then uh, Elijah Mitchell I've got as a late sleeper. Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo. Those, those were most of the running backs. And at the very bottom of my list, I put him on here. Some people love him because he played in the Big Ten, but Stevie Scott the Third at the very bottom yeah. of my running back list is maybe somebody to think about. What do you think of those names?
0: Yeah, so outside of the Big Three, you know, the Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, I all think will probably go before the Lions would be ready to commit to taking another running back. And so really you'll probably find a common theme with – more so at the running back, I'm always looking for athletes at running back just because uh, if you have good blocking in front of them, good athletes can usually do a lot of damage. And so you mentioned Hubbard, and he was so prolific in 2019. And then last year, he really <laughs> fell off the map hard. And it's a lot because he can't break tackles. He's just not a tackle breaker, but he does have some long speed. And he only ran a four-five in the low 4.5s. So he's not out of this world fast, but I still don't mind him if he does drop to the fifth round or something like that. But I I don't know if I see that happening. So some late guys that might even be priority, you know, free agents type of players. I wouldn't mind the lines looking at one is BJ Emmons from Florida Atlantic Uh, went to Alabama. um, Basically, you know, was buried on the depth chart, but he's a really athletic guy. Uh, He can kind of do it all. He's 215 pounds. Um, just more quick than fast. You can tell on the tape, like he doesn't have the top end speed, uh, but he is very shifty and he can just move and he's very versatile. So he's, he's a guy I've just kind of pegged as like, Hey, this, this could work. And same with Chris Evans, the Michigan guy. I think they're both similar players. Evans, I don't know watching Michigan games. I don't know what happened to him because he seemed so promising, but he, he was a little bit bigger than I thought he was at 211 pounds and still very athletic, you know, very explosive. Can again, catch the ball and run with some power. So I wouldn't be upset about that. And then lastly, two more guys, Deion Jackson, Duke, super athletic, but just the production is not there. I don't know if I'd even take him in the fifth round, but the Lions have an extra um, draft pick they acquire in the later rounds. He's a guy who ran a four, four, you know, just all the measurables are all there at 218 pounds so it's a guy that i'd be interested in and then jared dokes from cincinnati is a guy he's almost 230 pounds and he he ran like a four six but again he was still semi-athletic and other measurables and he's just a little bowling ball i feel like and i really enjoyed watching his film so i wouldn't be upset if the lions took a look at him either
1: those some deep pulls from logan everybody a few of those guys nowhere near on my list uh as well as a little bit of a homer pick there as well with Chris Evans. I mean, don't don't we know that Chris Evans can't play? I mean, he, he had a flash early in his career. Then he was nothing, and he had all those off the field. He got, what, he kicked off the team once or twice? Like, no no thanks think academics, to Chris Evans. Yeah. And, and he wears, like, he... I, uh, yeah, no, no, thank you, on Chris, that I've seen enough. For like a, he had me excited for like a few weeks, and then that's about it. So Logan, we got to blow through these, man. We got so many things to talk about. So now I'm excited. Now we're at the receiver position. Everybody knows the Lions need to focus on this position. Let me just give you my rundown of names, and then I'll hit on a couple: Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Bateman. I love Terrace. Marshall, not Terrence, Terrace. I'm starting to really like him, especially (laughs) in round two. Rondell Moore, Steve Smith Jr., you gotta love his mentality. Nico, yeah, there's a little homer pick for you. Nico Collins on the board. Deanne Brown. I mean, he's getting some late buzz from North Carolina. This is a guy that people are really starting to like. A guy that I really like is St. Brown from USC. I think he's got some Golden Tate tendencies, I really do, based on what I've seen and and his workouts and stuff. Elijah Moore, I mean, this guy's flying up the draft board. I saw some tape on him. He just looked like a machine, the way he was running routes. Uh, you got escridge there. You got... Tylen wallace who's got some ability at oklahoma state amari rogers is a kid i like out of clemson you got darden from north texas who's got some crazy speed and ability schwartz from auburn not that former head coach that wanted to smack the hell out of people you got anthony schwartz from auburn who's got crazy speed as well uh, Frank Darby, he looked like a poor man's Antonio Brown to me when I saw him at the Senior Bowl. Cade Johnson is another sleeper. Gosh, who else I got here? Jonathan Adams Jr. on Arkansas State and Shy Smith. And gosh, Sage Surratt, I don't mind Uh, Felton from U S UCLA. Josh Palmer showed out at the senior bowl. I like him as well. And I just threw this one in for fun. And because I knew you'd probably bring him up, even though he's not worthy of bringing up Tariq black, formerly from Michigan at Texas. I didn't even know he was in the draft. What a disappointment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he has been. So you like just about every receiver. (laughs) pretty much and there's a that's lot of, good ones. A lot of at, good ones
1: look at all the depth that's why you can wait that's why you can wait yeah. there's so many speed and slot guys and talented players just wait on receiver please
0: yeah so i i think my you know there's obviously the top three i think i'm higher on rashad bateman than most i think he can do it all there's just not many holes in his game but i don't think he makes to the lions in the second round he's probably first round and same with elijah moore i really like elijah moore just cause he has that speed element, the four, three, five. And yeah, he's only five, nine, but he's basically, he's almost the same size as Jalen model and Elijah Moore can make people miss. He's super quick. Um, his three cone drill was like a six, six, seven. Um, he's just, a lot to like about him. Um, uh, who else? I mean, there's, there's the names that everyone knows the Rondell Moore, the Kadarius Tonys. Um, I'm not super high on Tony. I like Rondell Moore probably than I like Tony. Um, Dami Brown, I do like as a deep threat. Uh, he's not overly fast, but at he's six foot and still runs in the mid four fours. And he was, I think it helps that he has a good quarterback throwing him the deep ball, but just his downfield ability is pretty solid. And I, th- I think he can run a good route tree as well. So he's a guy I think I like more the most. Tylen Wallace is another guy I probably like more than most, uh, Jalen Darden, another guy I really like. North Texas, little guy, uh, super shifty, just c- kind of your classic slot. I think the Lions could use. She uh, Smith from South Carolina, again, another slot option, similar to probably Darden. Um, who else? As going later in the draft, I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds here. Um, <laughs> Desvick Patrick from Louisville is a guy I like. Um Actually, I think he's a local local product too. I think he's from Michigan, which um, is, you know, always kind of got a root for those guys. It'd be good to bring him home. <laughs> uh, Tamorian Terry, I think that's how you say his first name. I actually haven't heard it. I watched his film after he put up some nice measurements. Six you two know, guy, mid four fours, and you know, just explosive uh, for a guy his size. Big film. I, I wouldn't mind the, the Lions taking a late flyer on him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, he's got some some big size and ability. So, like you said, I, I'm just throwing out names, giving people names to keep on the tip of their tongue. If they hear him, be like, man, Okri liked him on the Kool-Aid cast. Or, like you said, me and Logan have some of the same names, no doubt about it. But the two names, I just, like say said, we're moving to tight ends here. But Elijah Moore and St. Brown I think would be two names to that the Lions could get you know Elijah Moore you're gonna have to pay up top second round probably to get him uh St. Brown I think you could find him at a nice value and he could just be that move him around type player and like say if you love Golden Tate I feel like he's he's gonna be a similar player when he comes to the league both the way he plays and some of his off the field stuff as well so we'll see let's get to tight ends we we got so much more to get to we'll do a few more we'll do offense we'll take our break here so tight ends everybody Knows I'm a Kyle Pitts guy, Brevin Jordan I like from the U. There you go, Benny Blades. That's for you, and uh, <laughs> Hunter Long, tight end from Boston College. I like where you could maybe get him. I put Nick Eubanks because we're just gonna name off all the Wolverines. I'm not gonna do the gimmick like Logan. If they're from here, we're born here. We like them. I mean, if they played at Michigan, I'll at least bring <laughs> them up for the most part. Even though he was kind of a flop in college. And who else I got here? Noah Gray from Duke. And Luke Farrell from that school down south, uh, you know, th- those were a few names I-, I put out there. I mean, nobody that I-, I love at the position. I think we're pretty set, but I, I do have I do have a quick soundbite for that guy, uh, you know, from that school that we shall not speak of.
0: Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks.
1: i gotta get that in when i can so like i said i don't see the lions taking a tight end but there's a few kind of late flyers if they wanted to bolster the position
0: yeah i I don't see the lions investing in a tight end you know having having josh hill as a solid tight end Hunter bryant is a great developmental piece i think the lions should be looking at and giving him a fair shot because uh they should be looking at younger players that might be able to Produce in the future and I think Brian's a good one so really uh, Tommy Tremble I'll mention him from Notre Dame Uh, he's a little undersized and a lot of people are even calling him more of a fullback but I heard the same thing about George Kittle everyone was labeling him an an H-back type of player when he was coming out of Georgia because he was great at blocking and didn't have great production in the receiving game And that's the same with Tommy Tremble I'm not saying Tremble's gonna be (laughs) a George Kittle type of player but I think it's worth the risk if he were to fall later in the draft I just don't think he will because he tested great and anytime you have a athletic you need athletic tight ends the best tight ends are always great athletes and pretty much if you're a below average athlete at the tight end position you're pretty much off my board unless you're the Lions would just be looking for a tight end two or a guy that can block
1: Yep, I, uh, I think it's a thin position this year, and I, I don't think the Lions should attack it unless they want to take Kyle Pitts up top, which I think would be very intriguing. Some people would love it. Some Lions fans that absolutely hate it because he just has T.E. at the end of his name, but uh, we'll see what happens. Let's get to the big boys up front, offensive tackles. Do you want to name off some names here first, or you want me to rumble down my list?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously at the top, Penny Sewell, in the last podcast, I was... Yeah, obviously he I'm, yeah. he's my guy he's them. my guy at seven but
1: them. yes
0: um i like tevin jenkins a lot as a right tackle if the lions were to trade down i'd be totally fine with the lions taking him just because he's, he's a, a, a true mauler he's yeah. he's an angry big man you know six six three seventeen uh samuel cosme texas uh he's super athletic and he actually had a pretty good year last year i was surprised with his film and i'm I'm a little surprised that he's not getting talked about more maybe there's things i'm not seeing in his game that are dropping him down the boards but if he's for some reason there in the second round i'd be more than happy with the lions looking at him uh dylan radens who i had in a previous lions mock i still really like him from north dakota state uh just checks all the box for what you look for in a tackle. And I, again, I, I feel like there's so many tackles that are projected by some as guards. And I have seen him projected as a guard. Sometimes I'm like, I like, I don't know why he has long enough arms. He's super athletic. Play him at tackle. So uh, Spencer Brown, <laughs> another great athlete uh, probably be more of a developmental prospect. But he's six foot eight from Northern Iowa and <laughs> ran a sub five 40 yard dash and not that that's most important in for offensive tackles but every other it's just a testament to his athleticism because every other category he measured in was elite and then stone forsyth who is a guy i I recently just mocked to the lions in my seven round nfl mock draft uh another six eight player but just has everything you look for um i i just want really pieces of clay that the lions can mold. And at least they have check all the boxes, uh, at that tackle position for what I look for in elite tackles. But those are, those are my main guys. There's, there's plenty of other players that I like, but, um, to me again, it's going to be a theme. I, I want the high end athletes. So we'll see what happens. Good
1: stuff there. You established on last on Wednesday show and this show, you have absolute man love for Penny Sewell. I, I like some of the other names you put out, some of those I have on my list, some I don't. Um, I'll, I'll hit on some that you didn't hit on. You know, I, I really like Rashawn Slater, I really do. I watched him recently and the way that he gets to the second level and when he latches on to you, he likes to ride you down the football field. I, I like what he can do. I like that he played for Fitzgerald, similar to a guy like uh, Dan freaking Campbell, as well as in the Big Ten. So I got him highlighted. Uh, Jalen Mayfield same type of thing um you know kind of a raw almost like a sloppy athlete but like a good old lineman which I think can be one in the same you've got um you brought up Cosme uh Alex Leatherwood to me is a guy that I've I've flip-flopped I've done a little waffle making on like I liked him and then I heard he like couldn't bend and he just was too stiff and tested horribly and I wrote him off and then recently I started liking like him again I saw some interviews this is like a he already seems like a pro to me the way he talks he's a he's a, a captain with Alabama a senior six five three twelve seems like a big old left hack or a he he calls himself a left tackle, but he seems like to be a, a perfect right tackle, too, to me, if that's what you needed. So uh, he's back on my radar as a guy that I think is worth it, depending on where you could get him and Brady Christensen over there with BYU I thought he they had a good old line there you know you can say the competition whatever I liked who he did uh, Walker Little you didn't bring up this is a guy that he's been all over the map from like a high prospect a couple years ago or a year ago then off the radar now back up into like the second round conversation I mean I can't wait to see where he falls if he was there in rounds three four I think you're getting really good value if he does go at you know top mid round two I think that's too too pricey for him and then uh ely the big tackle from oklahoma this kid's like six seven almost 325 plus pounds a little bit of a project and and some people are hot or most people are cold on him but i think just based on his size and ability might be worth like hey get him and just develop him for a year or two and see if you got anything and then Cole. um van laden from wisconsin was kind of like the bottom guy on my list just like you really can't go wrong with wisconsin tackles you know some of them haven't worked out recently in the pros but i feel like it's always worth at least sort of be on the radar so i think ot is a really important position for the lions finding that value finding guys that can either come play right now or to me that's a position you could take and say hey we'll let crosby play but this kid's here now and if he can outplay you we'll play him if he needs a year of seasoning you've got that luxury with a guy like Tyro Crosby. So I'm curious to see how the lions attack tackle, or if they think they're good there, you know, they said that offensive line is a strength. So I'm curious if that's just speak or if they end up, end up doing that. So moving to like the interior players, you know, I'll pitch it back to you for some of your interior linemen and we'll go ahead and take a commercial break.
0: Yeah. So there's kind of two categories, the guards and the centers, a lot of them can be crossed, but, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is probably the top prospect for guard, uh, I would say. And then, um, you know, he's going to go first round and he's really good. And if he didn't have 32 inch arms, he'd probably be considered more of a tackle, but he does have guard experience. So uh, there, I don't think there's any way he falls to where the Lions were picking unless they trade back. So I'd be fine with that, even if they trade back, because Vitae with his contract, you can't be paying him next year. Um, The kind of money he's making for a guard. Uh, Kendrick Kendrick Green, though, from Illinois, is a player that uh, I really liked. You know, he's kind of on the shorter side, but, uh, you know, Illinois, he looked really good and a good athlete. Again, uh, probably all the guys I name are going to be good athletes. Uh, Deontay Brown from Alabama, just a mammoth of a man, six three, three forty four, three344 And every time I look at his picture, it, it literally looks like a grizzly bear. Uh, <laughs> he can move, but uh, he, he struggled a little bit at the senior bowl, which I, I think considering he's probably a mid to late round guy, I would imagine I'm not too upset with that type of value there. Cause again, it's always nice to have those big guys. And then lastly, I'll hit on is Larry Borum missouri uh another bigger player but actually was pretty you know looking at his measurements um and just pff grades and uh doing the homework on him i i can't say i've watched his film yet i, I i'm still getting around to watching the late round prospects for cards i haven't done a ton of homework on those guys yet but uh i like again what appears on paper what he looks like and what i've read about him
1: Interesting stuff. I, I put Deontay Brown back on my list based on what you said. It was another guy I was excited about early, and then really cooled off on. But it sounds like you're believing him a bit, so I'm gonna put him back up on my radar again. These are these are mostly names. I mean, me and Logan, we read up, we listen on these guys, we watch some of them, but. A lot of times too, you just want to have a familiarity with these names and sort of know where they may go, and then you can sort of determine where their value would be. So, if you know Deontay Brown is end up like a third, fourth rounder now, you know somewhere in that range, then then you'd be happy if you get him later, or if you take him much earlier, you get a little bit surprised. That's kind of you know basically what we're trying to do for everybody out there listening. Give you all these names to think about. So, I'll just name off a couple. I mean, a guy that I think is just a dead set going to be a really good football player at the next level not that the Lions need this guy but I just think he's going to be great for somebody like the Steelers somebody like that Landon Dickerson from Alabama he just seems like the perfect old lineman Wyatt Davis from that school I shall not speak of and I won't play the soundbite even though it's one of my favorites like Wyatt Davis is just a plug and play right guard which Would be great, but like I've said, I feel like you can get away at guard spots. You don't need to spend those upper resources. The Lions have already done that in other situations, but here's my guy. I don't think the Lions will take this guy, but he's the epitome of an interior old lineman, in my opinion. Ben Cleveland from Georgia. This guy's got a crazy mohawk. He wears the eye black. He just looks like a nasty player, and I just think he's going to be great, too, at the next level for somebody that needs an interior guard. You didn't even mention the darling of the interior players, Logan Quinn Miners from Wisconsin, Whitewater, <laughs> The guy that wears the half shirt, uh, the crop top. He's all over Good Morning Football. I mean, this guy going from nowhere to now. I'm hearing like high mid second round for this guy. Um, you know, I'll be curious it's to high. see how he how <laughs> he pans high. out in the league. But I mean, he has he has performed well throughout the process. So I mean, he's he's at least on my radar. And like you say. A lot of these late-round guys, I mean, interior doesn't seem like a spot the Lions should hit on more The more the guys that tackle. But um, that's that's the offense. I, I say we go ahead and take a break. We got realitysportsonline.com to get in here, hear about my other podcast, Believe in Lions, with the one and only Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades, who makes me laugh. We get in tons of arguments, and uh, he's just a tremendous guy. I know he's got his opinions for sure about the draft. And Logan, how about we come back and talk some defense as well as let everybody tell you, let you tell everybody all the great stuff you're putting out. How about we do that after the break?
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: Everybody, we'll be right back. Detroit Kool Aid Drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about reality sports online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Everybody, I want to take a quick pause and tell you about my other Lions podcast. Now, you know, on this show, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid on Wednesdays and Fridays. But on my other podcast that drops on Thursday mornings, that's called Believe. And that's spelled B L E A V in Lions. Believe in Lions with myself and Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. That's right. Me and Benny Blades chop it up, talking football. He's hilarious. He makes me laugh. We get in a bunch of arguments. And, you know, he talks about the you all the time. But Benny also talks about the Detroit Lions. He was a great player on the field. He has great stories. Love his football knowledge across the board. We have a bunch of fun. So everybody hit that subscribe button. Find it on your favorite podcast platform. Again, that's Believe in Lions, myself and Benny Blades on the Believe Podcasting Network. Check it out. We thank you so much for the support. What's going on, everybody? Back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Go ahead. Hit that subscribe button and and do me a favor. Go find me on Twitter. Hit me up at at Derek Oakery. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. You can find Logan and all his tremendous content at L LLamorandier. Do you want to spell that out for the people, Logan, since you picked your whole last name for some reason for your handle?
0: Yeah, it was a poor choice by me, but it's L-A-M-O-R-A-N-D-I-E-R. Pretty easy to remember, right?
1: Definitely. And like I said, I've, I've given you some plugs, but go ahead and tell people if you got some articles every recently come out. Or if you're doing anything special for the draft that you want people to know about, go ahead and throw that out for them.
0: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the easiest way is just looking at Twitter. Uh, I post everything there that you'd probably need to know, but uh, you can go to si.com slash NFL slash Lions as well. And it has a bunch of info there. But yeah, I mean, as long as you're on Twitter, I mean, anything I'm on, I, I always post it there and you can find whatever I'm doing on there.
1: Logan, I, I don't think you did it last year. You disappointed me. I, I want the, the Logan live draft picks when the Lions are on the clock. I already hear all these guys you like. I hear you kind of riding the fence on a lot of things. When the Lions are up at 7 or 41 or wherever they end up picking, I want either a tweet or a text message directly to me of who you're taking as Lions GM. I need that done this year so I can hold you to the fire of, uh-uh, in 2021, you took this bum and in a couple of years when he ends up being horrible. Or I'll give you
0: credit if you nail it. Well, the thing is, I'd be spoiling my my draft grades because every year when I do draft grades, I always include my personal selection that I would have taken at the time. And so looking back at those, yeah, there's... I definitely have drafted plenty of busts, but I've I've had some hits as well.
1: All right. Well, like I say, I got a I need a personal email with all those down cuz I want I want to rifle through them and critique them and give you credit. So get those over to me and and just shoot me that text. You got you got the personal line here. Let me know who you're picking cuz I know I'll be making every selection for the Lions and letting the people know that as well. I always have a ton of fun with it. But Hey man, we get we got defense to get into. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get into this rapid fire style as well as give people all these names to think about and uh our quick opinions on them. So again, starting on defense, you might as well start up with the big nasties in the middle, the interior defensive lineman. Couple names that I uh, have highlighted here. Levi Onkarique, is that is that about close enough? That's a hard one to do there. Did I get it?
0: How is it yeah? No, that's that's the name enough? I, out of all the names, he, every time I see his, I'm like, I'm not even going to try, but I've, i am starting to get better with that, but he's the one I, I can, I've heard it a few times and I still never try to pronounce it yet. So I'm going to go with it.
1: <laughs> uh, I finally, I mean the, the linebacker, right? which we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christian Barmore is the big beast from Alabama. That's going to go in late round one, two. I like him. Um, Davion Nixon from Iowa is getting slept on a little bit. I, I kind of like what he brings to the table. And everybody's saying this is a horrible interior class. To me, two of my favorite picks when I'm doing mocks are Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh. I mean, I just got him in almost every mock that I do. Marvin Wilson from Florida State a guy that fell off the map that I feel like could be a really nice find later if he's able to turn it on at the next level. And see who else I got here. Those are a couple of the main names. So yeah, it is a little bit thin, but like I said, I left off guys like I don't really like Shelvin from LSU. I don't really like uh, Jay. Oh gosh, another one Tufla. that I just don't have Tufla from UCLA or USC is not a guy I love. So what are a couple of names you like if they're from a couple of the ones I read off?
0: So one of my big draft crushes is Milton Williams. Uh, Louisiana Tech defensive tackle. And at six foot three, he's only 284 pounds and has short arms, but looking at his measurables, he's very similar to Aaron Donald and the way he plays on the field is similar to Aaron Donald. Again, anytime I make a comp, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald, but he was a player that I was drafting every single time I did a mock draft in the fifth rounds. And then I have recently seen reports that the NFL sounds like he's per, they're pretty high on him as well. So I I wouldn't even be mad if the Lions took him all the way in the second round. I think he's that unique of a talent, and especially as kind of like a a 3-4 defensive end uh, or a 3-tech in certain situations. He's a true gap shooter and can get to the quarterback. The Lions don't have that type of player, so Milton Williams is one of my favorites. Uh, Alim McNeil from North Carolina State is a player I think I I also like more than most. uh, You're more prototypical. Uh, three tech tackle where he's, he's a bit bigger, 317 pounds, but still has some good initial bursts to get off the line and just a bigger player. So I, I like him, Bobby Brown from Texas A and M uh, another, just, he's a big boy, uh, 6'4", 321. Uh He kind of is underperformed, I guess you could say in college, but he is still only a junior and he has all the traits that I look for and I big on him and then going late. Uh, I know you mentioned Marvin Wilson and I, I think that's just probably a popular name because he was high up in the way too early mocks last off season. And it feels like a steal to get him where he's being projected to go. But I, I did, when I watched the film, I, I guess I can kind of see a little bit why he's been moving down the draft boards. Uh, lastly, I guess I'll, I'll give two players that I like in the late rounds and that's Jonathan Marshall from Arkansas. Just again, great athlete, has all the size. Um just but he's a redshirt senior and uh underproduced a little bit, but I think it's worth a shot late in the draft to get someone who can shoot gaps. Um and then yeah, I said I had one more. Now the name escapes me of who I had, so no, sure it'll me come to me eventually, but that's all I got. We,
1: we got to keep it moving, but let me ask you this: what, What's your take on Twyman? Because to me, this may be my draft crush. Like I, I feel like he went to Aaron Donald's school. He wore his number. He's he kind of you know has the same height, same weight, attacking player. I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald as you said with another guy, but that's his idol. He put up 40 reps. This guy's a kind of like that leader, that guy in the huddle that you love, like. I just always seem to get him in the fourth or fifth round at good value. And I feel like you could put him under the Brockers learning tree and gosh, I, I don't know. He just, he's, he's like one of my favorite players in this draft. And I, I read up recently that PFF is kind of like a ah, six rounder might get pushed around. We don't really like him that much, but I don't know. There's something about this kid.
0: Yeah. So I, I think he might've gained some weight to try to, prepare for his pro day. Cause he was over 300 pounds and he definitely didn't look like that when he was at Pittsburgh, he did look a lot like Aaron Donald and in, in terms of his weight and size, but it, just when I, when I saw his measurements, he ran like a five, four, um, he had a decent 10 yard, which I, I look a lot at the 10 yard dash when I'm uh, evaluating defensive tackle prospects, because that's what they're doing. They need that upfield burst and kind of that, the short shuttle as well for that lateral quickness. And he just didn't really impress much. And at 301 pounds, I don't know if that slowed him down a little bit, but I just don't think that's necessarily his game. So I'm I'm kind of confused with with Twyman because there there was I feel like he had a lot more hype going into the season, and that's probably why he declared early as a junior um, because he did have some hype going for him. But I just yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I don't think he's an Aaron Donald and there's not many Aaron Donalds out there that can get away with being at their size without having elite athleticism or just some calling card where you can really look back on a guy and be like, okay, maybe he's undersized, but at least he can really move or has long arms or something like that. I just, I just don't, on the film, Twyman has some nice plays, but you, I do question if he can do that at the NFL level.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have the twitchiness, but I think that strength as well as sometimes it's these guys, they have the want to, you know, he just seems to have yeah. the motivation and the ability to say like, I mean, he got production when he was out there and he put him in the right situations. I think he can probably do similar things at the next level because of who he wants to be and who he looks up to and all that. So,
0: Yeah, and I, I will say that's part of the evaluation process where I often just gloss over is the kind of like guy's motors or or the want to or the drive because – To me, it's like I feel like every NFL player should have that, but they don't. And you can have guys that might not, you know, really look like a prototypical player in the NFL that still succeed because of just that intrinsic motivation that they have or that drive that is unparalleled to anyone else at the position. So it can work. I'm just always skeptical of it.
1: Right. And I I think that's kind of most important to kind of with those early selections, you want these guys that are both motivated. And I think that's really where the character comes in. I'm willing to take more risks as we get more down the board in some areas. But in those top picks, you want guys that love football and, and, uh, you know, hard workers, as well as intelligent guys, you know, depending on the position, you need guys that can can learn and and can process and all that type of stuff. So yeah, all all really important. That's why the draft's so incredible. There's all these freaky factors that you gotta bring into it. It's not just, you know, their measurables or how they did in college. It's how they're gonna do in the pros. You know, that's really what we're judging instead of what they have done previously. But let's go ahead and get to edge players. Uh, Again, I'll throw a few names out. Some of the big ones. Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, um, Ojolari from Georgia. I mean, one thing I look for, Logan, I don't know about you on this one, but Redshirt sophomore for Ojolari as well as Owe from Penn State. That that jumps out to me because that's a younger player, a guy that you can develop as well as maybe you can get multiple good contracts and good play out of. So even a guy like Joseph Asai is a young player as well. Uh, Carlos Boogie Basham is on my list. Roche from the U. <laughs> Ronnie Perkins, who was a uh, Benny Blades pick early in the process, told me look out for Ronnie Perkins. Uh, Peyton Turner from Houston, I put down here. Patrick Jones II. This kid from Duke. I, I don't know if you got the last name. I, I've heard him talked about. I think recently, this edge player. He's only six two, two hundred and sixty some pounds.
0: Yeah, Chris Rump.
1: Rump. Yep. And then, uh, or wait, uh, how how heavy did you say he was? Well,
0: I, I had this a couple Duke kid, but like, like you said, Rump There's is the guy I was Victor, thinking about. Uh, Demi would be like KJ or something like that. Yeah, and then um, yeah, the other Duke guy is Chris Rump, who is very undersized in terms of weight. Right,
1: he's like way down on the list, but he's getting crazy buzz. Like, come with the big draft guys. are Like, look out for this Chris Rump. So that's actually the guy I was thinking about, but I had Victor kind of highlighted here. So editing my list as we go. I had those crossed up a couple more, Jonathan Cooper from, you know, um, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa, as well as Rashawn Weaver from Pittsburgh. So those are some names I wanted people to be aware of or guys that I kind of have highlighted here on my end of things.
0: Yeah. So yeah, the the top guys, and I kind of all have them grouped together uh, where I think they're all Quidipe, the Jalen Phillips, Aziz Jalari, I, I like all those players for different reasons. Um, it would be fine if the Lions traded down. And those they selected one of those guys in the middle of the round because I think it's good value. But uh, some guys I really like. You mentioned Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh. I might be a lot higher on him than most. Uh, I think he outperformed his counterpart, Patrick Jones, when I started watching more film. I, I liked Patrick Jones and like the fourth round range. And then I started watching Rashad Weaver as well. And I came away impressed with him. And then uh, looking at his pro day, he ran a sub seven, uh, three cone, which I've always been very impressed with, especially for a guy's 260 pounds uh, because the, the ability to have that bend. And I, I don't know if you necessarily saw it so much on film, but he can scoot around the edge. And then he had a sub one, six, 10 yard dash, which again is shows that explosion and he has long arms. So he's a guy that I, I just think, maybe he's getting overlooked, um, because he ran a four, a eight 40 and that's not great. But again, I, I don't really care about the long speed. I want to be able I want the three cone and the 10 yard to really be good as well as film for a defensive end. And that's what Rashad Weaver is. So I really like him, uh, Carlos Basham, you mentioned him as well from wake forest. I like him just cause he's a really big 275 pounder, uh, kind of, could probably be a little bit flexible to even move inside on uh you know like obvious passing situations but i like where he was at um peyton turner you mentioned as well from houston just super big uh 35 inch arms on him which is his wingspan is 84 inches which is if you're not <laughs> you don't know those numbers very well it's enormous so and that arm length is super important because that means he can get into lineman Offensive tackles, chest, and he can't be controlled. And so I I thought athletically he was pretty solid. And then lastly, I have three guys that I'm all looking at later in the draft. Uh, Two Florida State guys, Janoris Robinson and and Joshua Kando. I I really like both of them. I think Kando is a little better athlete, might be the better pass rusher, whereas Robinson uh, is just, I think, more well-rounded. And then Ellerson Smith, you mentioned him from uh, northern Iowa as well where I think he, again, checks a lot of the boxes I look for in uh, what a defensive end should be.
1: Good stuff there. As you guys can tell, we're doing a lot of heavy lifting today. Lots of people to talk about, trying to give it to you in a short form. You can tell that Logan is is all about, he's got all these pro day numbers and you can tell that what I do is I kind of I've seen these players I've listened to a lot of people talk about them I've got my own opinions I try to mold all those together give you guys a short take on some of these players so as usual here on the show Logan is much more the analytical numbers guy than me but uh, hopefully (laughs) we're giving you some good things to think about here as we get going so let's go ahead and get to linebackers so linebackers again this is kind of like my receiver position be lots of names here Logan that I like I think this is very deep for off ball linebackers like Parsons, Jeremiah Owusu, Karamoa. I know how to say that one. He's only 6'2", 216, 220 pounds, but he can play some football. Baron Browning from that school. Yeah, you know, I already talked about him way too much here on the show. Zaven Collins from Tulsa. Cameron McGrone from Michigan, also a redshirt sophomore. You got to love the youth and the ability if he's uh, okay medically. You got Jabril Cox who can cover. You got Jamin Davis who's just an athletic freak and is flying at the draft boards. I'll be curious to see where he goes. Pete Werner, I mean, this has got to be just Chris Spielman's BFF. You know what I'm saying? Chaz Charrat. this is a coverage, move it all around, smaller type linebacker. Everybody's hating on Dylan Moses, but I still think he can play some football, especially if we're getting him in the fourth, fifth, sixth. Who knows where Dylan Moses is going, way he's been tumbling down the boards. Derek Barnes from Purdue, I like. Monty Rice from Georgia, I like. Charles Sn- Snowden from Virginia is a late flyer for me. Tony Fields from West Virginia. And, oh, yeah, I even put this guy on, even though I kind of yelled at Benny Blades about him. Patty Fisher from Northwestern. I know he can't run. I know his numbers are horrible, (laughs) but maybe it's the type of guy that could translate if you get him as a UDFA or a seventh round flyer. Like it's just a, hey, this guy loves the game. He's a hard worker. I don't know. Maybe it would work. Loves him in college, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, Patty Fitch is going to the Patriots, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the thing. Or he's going to be working bowling alley, <laughs> you know, shining shoes. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, you, you mentioned a lot of the guys and uh, it's so refreshing to have basically a coaching staff that seems like they're going to prioritize athleticism. And so, uh, yeah, I, I've, talked about in the previous podcast about Micah Parsons. I'm fine with him at seven. If he checks out character wise, I know it's a projection of how he'll do in coverage, but I think he's athletic enough uh, to get there. And yes, off ball linebacker isn't necessarily a high value position, but I just think his ceiling is as high as any players in this draft. But at Jamin Davis, unfortunately, I keep seeing him mocked like high in the first round, but if he's there in the second round, if you're looking strictly at like measurables, he compares well to Micah Parsons and actually is even more explosive than Micah Parsons. Uh, Another guy I like is Pete Warner, Ohio state. Um, He actually started over Baron Browning and tested very well. Athletically. I, the thing I didn't like about Warner is just, I, I saw a lot of missed tackles and there's plenty of other guys in the NFL like Fred Warner, who for the, San Francisco who they miss tackles but they're still so disruptive that it it doesn't necessarily always matter if they're missing tackles it it matters if you're Jared Davis if you're missing tackles cuz <laughs> they got no one else near him because no one else is fast enough to get there but when you have a <laughs> aggressive defense i think just blowing up plays is definitely helps out the defense but i like Derek Barnes from Purdue uh i could see him being another Patriots guy he's a little bit on the bigger side and more of your Old school thumper, and he was. What's funny? He was a defensive end. <laughs> I was watching highlights of him, and I was like, "This guy's lining up a defensive end." And then doing a little bit more homework on him, I moved off ball linebacker senior year, and uh, he just he flies to the football. And uh, maybe he had, needs to get on tracks and just go. He might not be the most agile type of guy, and or coverage guy. But I really like Derek. Derek Barnes is a little bit more of a throwback linebacker, and same with Buddy Johnson. Uh, buddy Johnson's from Texas A&M again, a physical guy. He's only six foot 230 pounds, but he's jacked and he can run and is just super explosive. Uh, I don't know. Again, a lot of these players, there's, there's only really a few players. You mentioned Chaz Surratt and, um, like Jabril Cox who are, are good in coverage. There's not a ton of players at the linebacker spot who excel in coverage so I feel like I'm going to say that about a lot of the guys but I I still like Buddy Johnson given where he's going in the draft and kind of the value I think he could provide for the Lions
1: good stuff Uh, absolutely one one thing that I just want to say about linebackers is that you know you're higher on Jamie Collins and me they kept around Reeves Maven but everybody talks about receivers and I've hinted on safeties like linebacker is still really thin on this team. I don't know what their plan is, but they don't have a ton of bodies. Like, they brought in Alex Anzalone. Like, I think they need bodies, and they need a guy that, like, Collins can be here for one year and sort of show him the ropes, and then that guy can take over the middle of the field the following year. So I do think it's important, but this is another spot, Lions wait till rounds two, three, four, and then find good value on some of these players. Pick whatever flavor ice cream you like of these guys and get us some guys that can run tackle and make plays. So
0: uh, let's jump. Go ahead. Yeah. I just want to, I think maybe the lions. So if you look historically at kind of what Brad Holmes did in Los Angeles, they they never really seemed to prioritize linebacker because I think they were always rotating and same with new Orleans. They really only had, Demario Davis on the field at all times. And that was about it. Like every, everyone else was like a rotation piece. So I just don't know the lions might just need one linebacker and then kind of have a bunch of other linebackers that are more situational type guys. So the, the linebacker is a dying breed because the nickel is pretty much the base defense. So you don't need three starting linebackers anymore. You really only need two and you need one good one. And then maybe have a few other guys that have a few different roles, depending on which situation they're in on the field.
1: I agree with you. I think that it's kind of like the running back where they take so much punishment that that's sort of why they're being not used the same type of way. But here's my thing. You also need depth there because they get banged around all the time and they get injured and, and have a lot of, lots of issues. So you you can't roll in and say, well, we only play one or two on the field at a time. well, if you only got one or two that can actually play and you get one or two injuries, you're like the Lions where you're picking people out at McDonald's and saying, can you come play middle linebacker for us? We need a body this week. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think that there's that balance between what you see on the field versus still having that quality depth that can sustain an injury or two and still be good. I think that's what the good teams in the league do is they sustain injuries and then at the end of the year they're able to – you know, win out the war of attrition more so than anything. But, yeah, I'm really curious to see how they attack it. I agree with you that Brad Holmes has done that, I'm, is he going to replicate that, or has he got something else up his sleeve? We'll wait and see. So let's go ahead and get to cornerbacks. I mean, Caleb Farley, Logan, I told you to watch him. You fell in love with him. He's got that the is. back injuries. Like, I I still think that this guy is such a – premier talent and I don't have the medicals but I'm still promoting Caleb Farley as a guy that he may fall but if he falls and somebody is able to take him and he is healthy it'll probably be the steal of the draft no question I mean Patrick Sertain the second JC Horn I like Newsom's a kid that's kind of getting that round one buzz Eric Stokes from Georgia Sante Samuel Jr. I loved his pops, the way he had that swag and those those instincts to play the football. You got Melifanu from uh, Syracuse, 6'2", 215 pounds. A guy named Trill Williams playing corner. You got to love that name. Tyson Campbell. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Thomas from... The University of Michigan, the winningest program of all time. You got Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky. Trey Norwood, a late-round flyer from Oklahoma. Sean Wade. He could be hot or cold, but I think if you get him in round four or wherever, that might be beautiful value. Who knows where he'll go. Um, Kid uh, Cameron uh, Bynum, I believe is how you pronounce it, from California. This kid's like a four-year starter. Really like what he brings to the table. K, uh, Carrie Vincent from LSU is a late round guy I have as well. And so like you can see in more depth at corner too. And could the lions use one? Yeah. But I think Okuda AO, um, what now we just got Dunbar. We got corn elder. Like I think you need another corner, but I think you need to be very tactful where you get one. What do you think?
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think the lions need to necessarily, they have a couple young players that they need to truly evaluate before you invest heavily in the draft with another one, I would kind of like to see what the lions have in Okuda and Ariwari. So I, I don't think if, if a cornerback falls to him in the second round, maybe you take one, but uh, Caleb Farley, I, I agree 100% with you. If Without the back issue, he would be my cornerback one on my board. And that back issue though, he's had two back surgeries. Now the discectomy, which I'm pretty sure is the same thing like Tony Romo had, where it's just, you're going to have issues with it. You're, basically taking out part of the, your, your disc in between your vertebrae. So I, I don't, I don't like the sounds of that, but again, I'm not a medical professional where I know enough to say how healthy he's going to be, but a guy I like that he, there is a ton of hype for him a couple of years ago and he's kind of fallen off and then opted out last year, but Paulson Adebo from Stanford, uh, six foot one, 200 pounder and ran in the mid four fours, but re- really caught my attention was his three cone where he ran a six, six, nine, which again is just for a guy, his size is very impressive and you want a guy that's able to move. And on top of all that, he can find the football. He's just a a natural ball hawk when the ball's in the air. So uh, he's a guy I wouldn't mind taking a chance on if he's there in the third round, because I think his upside's really good. And then outside of that, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, probably fourth or fifth round guys and guys that are, you know, probably a little bit raw, but they have the talent there. They just need to coaching. And fortunately for the lions at the position, they can afford to maybe take a little bit of a project. So Benjamin St. Juice to actually uh, a former Michigan player transferred over to Minnesota uh, because he couldn't see playing time at Michigan, but he's six, three. And again, his three cone was six, six, three. And so that's something where that's just insane to me where a guy shouldn't be doing that at, at his height, got really long arms. um, So I wouldn't mind taking a chance on him. Same with Robert Rochelle from central Arkansas, not as tall, uh, just under six foot, but again, athletically speaking crazy. And then Marco Wilson is again, another guy who's just crazy athletic. So I, I'm kind of in the mold of in the, in the late rounds, you know, the athletic talent is at a premium at the corner position and yeah, you need some instincts for sure. And you have to be able to, read routes and play the ball in the air. But um, some of that stuff can be coached up. And if you have the baseline talent uh, in terms of athleticism, yeah, maybe they can turn them into something. I- I'm fine taking a chance on a developmental prospect at corner late in the draft that has all the tools.
1: I like some of those late names by you. And, Logan, you've been, like, so generous with your time this week, man. It's just, like, it's flying by. I mean, you could just talk draft for hours and, like, say it's right around the corner <laughs> and then we'll have to wait a whole another 365 till we can do this again. But I, I want to throw something at you before we finish out with safeties. So... Speaking of safeties, Lion's Legend Benny Blades got after me on my past podcast with him saying, "I don't care how fast they run, how high they jump, what kind of three cone can they play? <laughs> can he play? Can he, can he can he play the game? Can you turn the tape on and can I see a guy that can play football that will play a tackle?" So you're here you're talking about all this athleticism and I agree with you. I feel like like sometimes, I don't care what the guy did in college. If he doesn't have the length, the speed, the athleticism to play at the next level, I don't feel like it's going to translate. But I know where Benny's coming from, like an old school guy that can just watch a game and be like, that guy can play. I, that guy's a, a next level guy. He doesn't care. He's never going to read how, how long the guy's arms are or, or what he ran in a shuttle. He doesn't care, but he can, can see football players and, and, and knows that that intangible is in there. So. I think you and Benny would have a big time fight with your love for athleticism and his love for, can this guy play the game? Is he going to choke a fool or not on the football field? And, you know, based on what he can run. So that's, that's a pretty fun argument I have with him most times. Oh, but I yeah, the I know theme, I'm man. a
0: sucker for athleticism and, but so often the late round picks that I feel like hit the most are always the guys that, you know, are just still elite athletes. They just maybe didn't have the college production. And yes, there's definitely outliers. There's plenty of players that don't have the the great athletic testing. They're just football players, and football speed's a little bit different than the time speed. But still, at the end of the day, it's this is a game about speed. It's it's not 1990 anymore where you just right. have these big bruisers and it's ground and pound. I, this the game is all about speed nowadays, and that's there's and speed isn't important in every at every position, but I do think there are certain uh, drills that are very important for certain positions. So I do always probably overcompensate at, at certain drills and be like, all right, that that guy checks that box and at that position. So I'm all good for taking a chance on him because you see a lot of successful players at that position, like the three cone drill at edge. I think that's super important. All the top three cone uh, times or all the top players at the edge position all typically have great three cone times.
1: Well, if I was Benny Blades, he would say something like, Like I told you... Three-cone don't matter. You got to – that's how he always yell. He always says, like I told you every time I ask him. I go, Benny, I, I know you told me. You tell me every week when we're on the show, everything. But uh, he 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 said, too, that there's just, you know, something about being a winner. And I agree with all that. And, like, when you're athleticism, late-round flyers, again, I'm pretty much on your side. But one thing I will say, and then we'll get to these safeties and close it out because you've been – very great on the show, generous with your time is like that's why I like PFF so much in some areas because yeah the athleticism the size the height weight speeds but when PFF watches all these guys every play and grades them out I feel like even if their grading's not perfect it's like they put eyes on these guys all the way across the board you know what I mean and can they're gonna give yep. you their negatives and their positives whereas like media types guys like me Benny Blades like you know, we may see some flashes here or there know some things about him, but we haven't watched every snap. We haven't like put a grade on everything this guy does. And that, that carries a lot of weight with me. So between your love for athleticism and I, I enjoy that as well. Benny's old school mentality of can he play, can he not? And then the, the analytics portion of pro football that give a grade and actually watch all these things and try to you know reason them out you got to use kind of a little bit of all that I think to really get the ultimate answer because we've seen plenty of athletes that come in the league that can't play we've seen plenty of guys that were great in college that wash out in the NFL and then we see lots of times where pro football might focus might have a good grade on somebody and they might not do well or man they graded them high and sure enough all that college production shows up so that's that's why the draft's so incredible so let's do these safeties Logan and get up out of here so before I name off my names yeah it wasn't until Jeff Rizden kind of pointed out to me how much of an abomination our safeties are, you know, me and you, I think are on the same page that we hyped up Tracy Walker. And then he absolutely let us down. The guy was non-existent and didn't even get used properly by the coaches, but that's a whole nother matter. He just did not play that well. Will Harris has been horrible. Um, you know, there's nobody else there. Like I say, linebacker, safety, and wide receiver. Tell me who's going to play those positions if we don't bolster them. So, when I'm looking at safeties, I mean, in no particular order. You know, I believe it's uh, I was calling him Rig, but it's Morrig, uh, Trevin Morrig from TCU. <laughs> Marig, that's right. It's got an e somehow. Yeah. Merrig, he's got he's got really good ability. I've seen him anywhere from bottom round one down to like late round two type area. Uh, you got Holland from Oregon, who's kind of a athlete, put him in the slot, move him around, make some plays. Richie Grant's kind of like that safety that will lay the lumber on you and really had a great senior bowl, which I put a lot of stock in. One of my other favorite players in this draft, Andre Cisco from Syracuse, six foot 203, just looks like a freak athlete in the jersey. He's only a junior. He's got his hands on a lot of footballs, but there's a lot of people too that You know don't like him and then I think Chris Sims said he's the best safety In this draft so he goes Anywhere you want to put him on the list Uh, Gosh there's still a lot of good guys I mean Bloodsoe, Wiggins um, Lecount the third has some lovers and some haters uh our Darius Washington the other TCU some people have them higher than than Merrick you know it's just like crazy where these rankings are Caden Stearns I like from Texas as a safety that you could get late that I think can can do some things and can be versatile uh, Paris Ford you know had some bad testing but he's been out there I mean I just think the Lions need to either hit on one of these guys at good value or double dip and maybe get two bodies and say, All right, Tracy, if you're that good, show me you can play, or this other guy's gonna take your job, and Will Harris, if you don't play uh better, you're gonna be you're gonna be, you know, out looking for work and it might not be in the NFL if you don't step up. But I still have high hopes for those guys, but man, lions need some more dynamic football players at safety that can not only take your head off like Benny Blades would love, but can I get an interception for once from a safety? That would be nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It'd be really nice to have some playmakers back there. There's a few in this class. and uh, Merig, I, you know, he's – I think he's probably going to go in the first round at the top of the first. I don't think he'll be there for the Lions in the second, which is, I feel like that's been a common theme. Um, but I really like Javon Holland. He might be my second safety, and he opted out in 2020 but he he really i think he had nine interceptions his freshman and sophomore year and that's you can tell he has an o's for the ball he has ideal size he tested very well so again i he's a guy who checks all the boxes uh in the passing game and and in terms of run defense you know i don't i don't know he's might not be that great but again i'm looking for a playmaker and that's also why Uh, Andre Cisco, I I've seen him all over the map uh, where he's going to go. And he's really frustrating because he makes all these big plays, but he's usually making big plays. He's always making a play on the ball, but it's, (laughs) he's also getting burned all the time too. And you can't really have that as a deep safety, but I think Cisco has the best range of any safety in the draft. He's just so fast and can cover sideline to sideline single high. And that's, that's vital. You need a guy that can do that. And I like Tracy Walker as a free safety as well, but he still doesn't have the range of Cisco in my opinion. So, um, you mentioned, uh, Caden Stearns again, going in like the fourth, fifth round. I'm fine with taking him at that area. He had, again, another playmaker has the interceptions and the, the size and speed to go with it. And then lastly, I, James Wiggins. He's more of a, more of a box safety from Cincinnati, but uh, very explosive, just can hit hits like a ton of bricks and even showed some playmaking ability, even though he's not going to be your typical deep safety. I still think he can be a playmaker in the box
1: absolutely man uh we've made it through offense and defense uh me and logan you know we talked before some of these like hey man we try to knock these out and like when we get talking about drafts, like we could just go for multiple hours uh we've been on the wednesday show logan you've knocked out this friday show just tremendous to have you on both i just really appreciate the time and everything so anything else you want to throw out there before we uh roll up out of here and and serve up that detroit kool-aid for everybody
0: For sure, man. I I appreciate you having me. And I, yeah, you said it, I could talk all day about this stuff and it's tough not to go too deep into each player and just kind of hit on them. But those are my guys, but yeah. uh, So yeah. LMRandier on Twitter. Um, That's where you can find all my articles and um, pretty much everything I'm doing and kind of all my draft stuff will be on there. Um, SI all lions. You can look up that as well. And there's always content there flowing. And always interesting debates and questions. Um, Facebook uh, Detroit Lions lowdown. That's kind of our our Facebook page, and then same with Instagram. I'm not nearly as active on Instagram. So if if you want to get a hold of me or talk some Lions football, I definitely suggest Twitter.
1: Everybody, go uh, shout them out. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. This is one of those fun ones where I knew we were basically just going to talk football. We gave you lots of names to think about scenarios on Wednesday. I mean, this is the last time I'll have Logan on before the draft, so I can't wait to have him on after to hear how it all shook out. And hopefully, like, we're naming off a lot of these players that we were high on that are now wearing Honolulu blue and silver. But just appreciate having him on. I hope you guys really liked this episode. It was a ton of fun to do on the shows this week with Logan. And we got more draft content coming up before we get to next Thursday as well as after. So, everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in man. Take care. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. The bags, start the This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.